2: Once again, my name is Jeff Kerr, NFL writer for CBS Sports, host of Good Morning AMC East on Jacob Media. And we got a little bit of a surprise today. I guess we could say we're show AO tinying the show a bit, throwing a curveball in here. We got Tones of Shields to start the show with me today. Tone, how we feeling, buddy?
3: Uh, I'm doing good, man. You know, there's nothing wrong with a little change, right? And, uh, you know, I think, I think we're just trying some things. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, the occasional curveball. Sometimes you hit them with your fastball, then you got to change up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, looking forward to this conversation. Happy Football Friday, everyone. We have so much to talk about. And, um, Jeff, uh, I know you watched that Thursday football game last night between the, the Dolphins and the, uh, the Bengals. Uh, Bengals ended up winning the game. Uh, they got, you know, they got back to 500. Uh, Dolphins are now 3-1. Eagles are now the lone 4-0 team in the NFL. But I think in deeper news, the story of the night was Tua Tagovailoa's catastrophic head and, head and neck injury, right? You know, so if you guys didn't really see it, uh, the Bengals, you know, tied two up tied two up for a sack. And the, lead, the hit was legal, by the way. Legal hit. Very legal hit. And, you know, he slammed his head and neck off the ground. So, um. He got carried off in a stretcher. And I'm just curious to you know, you know, what was your thoughts on that, Jeff? And, you know, again, you know, it's so much to really break down from it, but what were your initial thoughts when you saw that happen?
2: So initially what happened, uh, obviously I'm watching the play live, right? And I thought he landed on his back at first because he did have a back injury from, some, at least that's what the Dolphins say. We can get into that a little bit later. But I thought, landing on his back and landing on his head, I'm like, oh, that's not good. And, then he was doing that uh, – they call it a fencing position when you got, like, pain in, like, your, your head injury. Like, that. that's, like – I don't want to call it the cry for help, but, you know, that, that's saying, hey, you know, I, my head's seriously injured. So then I knew it was bad. I was shocked that he actually came home with that team last night wearing a neck brace because that looked traumatic. And, look, I, I know people are – are starting to be doctors on Twitter and say, Amazon, why do you keep showing this? I don't want to see that again. Well, if people were tuning in in the fourth quarter, they have to know what happened. They have to know why Tay Bridgewater in the game. Yeah. Do you want to see the replay of that all the time? No, but it was a big story in the game. I had to watch. Unfortunately, I had to watch it 50 times because of what I was detailing. I mean, it, it's funny tone. This is how crazy that hit injury was. I forgot who won that game. Two hours after the game happened. And I watched the whole game. And I watched the Bengals come back in the fourth quarter. But I, I don't know. To me, something seemed fishy there with the Dolphins all week and it being a, a back injury a, after the way Matt Milano hit Tua on Sunday.
3: Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. When he suffered the concussion or what they deemed to be a back injury in Sunday's game against the Bills. In my mind, I'm like, okay, it's Thursday night football. He's not going to play tonight. That was my initial thought, and I knew they had to have a quick turnaround. So at that point, I'm thinking maybe he won't play. I don't see him passing concussion protocol, but they, but they, but they labeled it as a back injury, and that, and that was the fascinating part about it.
2: Which it seemed like he had, so he might have had both. You're right though. It's weird how, and and again, I. Everybody wants to blame the Dolphins. And, look, you can. But the NFL has a role in this, too. He Hmm. did get cleared. How so? So, the NFL goes through protocols, right? And they have independent specialists there, not just the Dolphins. So, what – how it comes down to is there's, like, a series of tests you go through during the game. This is how they got back in Sunday. During the game and he passed them. So, I'm looking at it as, okay – you know, the Dolphins could step in, obviously, but the sometimes you got to protect players from themselves. And it, there's so much to blame in this whole scenario. The Dolphins, the NFL, the NFL PA, it, it, it's just an absolute – I'll call it – it's a shit show. It, it is what it is. It's a shit show. It, it's giving me headaches just thinking about Tony.
3: Yeah, I think what you're going to see in these next uh, few days, you're going to see a lot of finger pointing. Uh, You're going to see a lot of people trying to, you know, CYA, you know, covering your ass. You know what I mean? You're going to see a lot of people trying to um, protect themselves in this whole situation. But at the end of the day, the player um, is what's at the forefront, not the politics of it all. Right. You know, this guy, he you know, he was trending towards having one of his better seasons in the NFL. And once again, Tua is struggling with injuries and it's going to be really hard. It's gonna be really hard for him to bounce back from that, in my opinion, just because of the nature of the injury, and you don't really want to force him back too soon. You know, now it now it, it's become more than just a head injury and a back injury. Now he has a neck injury, and we all know what neck injuries have done to players in the past, like a Peyton Manning, right? You know, but the nerve damage, and when you, you know once you start dealing with nerves in your neck, and it's that you know start that starts to mess with your extremities and you know the, the way you function. So, look, I'm not a doctor, but I know for a fact, man, he's he's going to need some time out.
2: Yeah, so I I, I just – I wanted to check something out on my iPad here. So this is a very interesting thing. And I think Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk pointed this out. So is it – again, did they take Tua's word for this? That's a back injury. Did, did, did the league do it? Did, did, the, did the Dolphins kind of – I don't want to say cover it up because that doesn't sound fair to them. But, again, they, they're, they're at fault too. But – so if a player shows gross motor instability, he may continue only if the team physician and the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant conclude that the instability was not neurologically caused. How do you determine that?
3: Yeah, that's more, you, you can't really determine. <laughs> oh man, you know, it, the, way, the way the league covers themselves in these situations, you know, just through legal, legal jargon, Truly fascinating to me, but you know, overall, we we pray for Tua. Makes you know, hopefully, he makes a speedy recovery. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, the Dolphins did lose the game at the end of the day. Teddy Bridgewater came in, tried to save the day, but um, it was off and not. Uh, and now the the Philadelphia Eagles are the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and that all remains to be seen right up until Sunday when they face the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know, I'm curious to know. When it comes to that matchup in particular, what are the key things that you're going to be looking for? And and what I mean by that is matchups, ways that the Eagles maybe can exploit the opposition, maybe ways that the Jaguars can exploit the Eagles. What's your overall outlook on this game, on this matchup on Sunday between the Eagles and the Jaguars?
2: So I, I got my bunch of my notes handy, right? I think the Jacksonville run defense is elite. I mean, they are. They're number one in the league. They have to be elite, right? That, that That's what we determine as elite zone. So I think the Eagles have to run the football against this team because, yeah, they're only ninth now. But they're still one of the best running offenses in the league. And I think Jacksonville, what they're going to do is, they're going to do what Washington tried to do. They're going to do – basically whatever they can to make sure Jalen Hurts doesn't beat you with his legs and tries to beat you with his arm, which as we've seen the last two weeks, that doesn't actually work. So I'm curious to see what Mike Caldwell calls up there, but I think this could be a game for Miles Sanders. I think this could be a game for Boston Scott, assuming he plays. I know he's been on the injury report all week and on the Eagles' side of it, you have to stop James Robinson and you have to stop Travis Etienne because Jacksonville commits to running the football and their offensive line hasn't given up a sack the last two weeks, which is the first time they've done that in 15 years. So it is definitely going to be a battle in the trenches between Jacksonville's defensive line to get to the quarterback, which forces fumbles. I think this is a team you have to try to run the ball off of if you're the Eagles. And if you're Jacksonville, I think you have to try to run the ball off the Eagles defense and get that pressure off Sam Ra- I mean, off Trevor Lawrence because the San Breck and those guys are coming. And I'll just say this, Tone. The Eagles' front is a different animal than the Chargers' front, and not saying the Chargers' front is good, but they did lose Joey Bosa in that game, and Cleo Mack wasn't. Again, Bosa and Mack are better, but overall, the Eagles are much deeper than the Chargers in that department.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, you think about the way they, you know, the way they, the way they're coming off of that that dominating performance against Carson Wentz, right? You know, nine sacks, every defensive lineman. Uh, had a sack even, you know, TJ Edwards had a sack, right? You know, it was a sack party and I'm just going to be curious to see how long they will be able to keep Trevor Lawrence up again. Like you said, they've only allowed or haven't allowed a sack in the past two games, which is, which is, which is pretty cool, right? You know, it's cool to see the Jaguars actually doing well. Um, but you know, something that I'm really paying attention to, and you mentioned it, right? Uh, the Eagles offensive line versus the Jags pass rushers. You know, Travon Walker, and then you got Josh Allen, Devin Lloyd back there, who, who occasionally gets sent. And, you know, again, they, they have one of the better um, run stopping defensive lines. How do the Eagles counteract that, though? I know you said they should just run straight at them, right? But is there a way that they can manipulate that in the passing game as well?
2: Well, this is why I think you got to start the run. Right, you got to establish the run. And I'm not saying you got to get 10 runs here, but I think you just got to be honest. And then you kind of do the read options, the play action. I think play action is going to be big in this game on Sunday because if you can establish a little bit of a run with Jalen Hurts doing some design runs with Miles Sanders, I think that's going to free up the AJ Browns, the Devonta Smiths, the Dallas. Goddard. This is set up to be a Dallas Goddard type game. I know we've had AJ Brown at a big game already. DeMott Smith had a big game. Dallas Goddard's been steady Eddie through the whole thing. I, I think this game is set up for a Dallas Goddard. And I'm not saying Jacksonville can't cover tight ends or anything, because they do have Devin Lloyd, who's turning out to be a stud already. Uh, you know, t- you and I explained yesterday. De- Devin Lloyd was one of the guys we wanted here. But I just think it's, I think Jacksonville's going to try to at least contain Brown. And I, this is a huge test for Jacksonville's corners, by the way. This isn't look. Jacksonville's corners are fine, but they're also the benefit of what happens when a pass rush gets home. So if the pass rush can't get home. I think you're going to see AJ Brown, Devonta Smith get theirs, and maybe a big Quez Watkins player too. But I, I really do think this game's going to be a Dallas Collar type game.
3: You know that's a that's a really good point. Um, I think I think the weather is going to be pretty inclement as well. So. Uh, I truly, I fully expect the Eagles to really try to manipulate that running game and, and and really work the short and the intermediate game. I know they I know I know they lead the league in terms of yards per completion and yards per attempt. Uh, but I think I really think like you said, this is gonna be a tight end running back style of game. And you're gonna see your you know, AJ Browns, you know, getting you know getting interchanged with Devontae Smith, you know, the you know the chain movers. But um, I really think this is gonna be the Dallas Goddard game, like you said. You know, Doug Peterson. He's making his return, and we all know the Doug Peterson era, you know, arguably the best era in football for the Philadelphia Eagles, for Eagles fans, because he was able to deliver the lone Super Bowl, and we've had plenty of opportunities under Andy Reid, but weren't quite able to get over the hump, right? But Doug Peterson, was he managed to do it. He managed to catch lightning in the bottle. Um, So I'm curious to know what's going to be – What's your assumption in terms of the reception he's going to get from the fans? Some people think some people think he's going to get a lot of love, which I'm of that mindset as well. But what's your thoughts um, in terms of him coming back and um, the reception he may get?
2: I think he's going to get a standing ovation just for what he did for this city. I mean, did it end well? No, but how many coaches' careers really end, uh, you know, with a team? And I'm looking at it as okay, this is a guy that. You could boo so many players on the Eagles over the years or on their returns. I think it's hard to boo a coach that got you what that banner that's hanging over the thirty yard line there. That right. that 2017 World Championship banner. I think Doug Pearson should be in that Charlie Manuel stratosphere. He's beloved because he brought a title to this city. Uh, that Billy Cunningham stratosphere brought a title. That I, I think Doug Pearson's gonna get a rousing ovation from this fan base on Sunday. Then I think the boos come, but I think the boos are going to be more for the Jacksonville Jaguars than Doug Pearson. I, I will say this tone. just from following the league, talking to a lot of people around the league, Jacksonville fans are, I don't want to say they're stunned, but they understand why Eagles fans love Doug so much. And I, I just from the vantage point, I'm getting, you know, the unbiased vantage point from just people around the league. They're like, wow, Doug really did a lot for this city, and he has a lot of credibility around the league just because he did, he was the guy who did. He brought the Eagles that title. So, yeah, I, I think there's going to be uh, – I, I actually think the Eagles are going to do something for Doug someday. I really do.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm of the mindset of Eagles fans, don't boo them, applaud them, give them all the praise, soften them up a little bit. <laughs> soften them up, play play a little video. You know what I mean? The art of warfare, right? You know, get inside your opponent's head. You know, with the pleasantries. Uh, That's my mindset, right? But yeah, Doug's done a lot for this city, and he was. And Doug, Doug was a good coach, and you know, I just want Eagles fans to realize, if you haven't realized it already, he didn't decide. He didn't leave. He was pushed out. He was pushed out. So there's a difference. It wasn't like Carson Wentz, and he went. You know, he he handed in his own walking papers, right? Doug Peterson was given his walking papers. So um Eagles fans make sure you guys are on your best behavior you know what I mean because again I feel like if you give that team the the wrong fuel it might end up harming us in the long run and we and we talked about this team they understand what they have in Doug Peterson you know that that, that that Jacksonville fan base knows what they have in Doug Peterson so with that you know with with knowing that and understanding that he's coming home to his former team that he won a Super Bowl with, those players are going to be jacked up. Those players are going to be wanting to win that game for Doug Peterson. You know, what You know what are the immediate concerns, you know, just based off of that, that you think the Jags may force the Eagles to think about, you know, a team that's, that wants to play for their head coach that bad, you know, outside of the numbers, you know, outside of just X's and O's from a pure will standpoint and passion standpoint, you know, what should these Eagles be concerned about?
2: Okay, so this is tough for me because I I always feel a team is most dangerous when they're playing what I call house money. And Jacksonville's not supposed to win this game someday. Yeah, they're they're heavy underdogs. They're gonna be underdogs a lot of the year until they gain the respect. And I think they are gaining the respect. I think people know they're a legitimate two and one. This isn't the Giants two and one or the Bears two and one. I think everybody knows they're they're legit. Everybody knows this is a big game. And I think this is a good test for both these teams, but to me, when you're playing with house money, you're a very dangerous team because no one expects you to win anyway. And I, I felt like that was the 17 Eagles in a sense. And you're kind of getting that vibe with the 2022 Jaguars. They have a really good quarterback. They have better skill position players on the offense than you might realize. You know, Christian Kirk, the star. You know, Zay Jones isn't sexy. Marvin Jones isn't sexy. But they get the job done. Right. Evan Ingram's been the blunt of everybody's jokes, right, Tone? but he gets the job done. right their offensive line. Cam Robinson, Brandon sure Shreve, you know, these guys, their defense. There are a lot of guys that are becoming household names, like Josh Allen, not the quarterback, the edge rusher. So, to me, they're a dangerous team. And this is why I think the Eagles, in a way, this is a big game for them. This is a good test because you're going to face teams like this that are going to be aggressive on defense, and they're going to be well coached.
3: Would you say I, I, it's their? Would you say it's their biggest? Sorry to cut you off, Jeff. But would you say it's their biggest test thus far, given oh, yeah. the circumstances?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I thought, the Vikings game was a big test because of how they beat Green Bay, and you you're playing a team on the prime time spotlight. I think that was a respect game. This is a how good are you game.
3: Mm, expand on that.
2: So, to me, the respect game is. I always say, okay, this is a good. I, I always use the term litmus test, right? I thought the Vikings game was, okay, we are in that stage where the Eagles are going to be contenders. They're going to compete for the NFC East. Now you're in this, not not that they won't compete in the NFC East if they lose this game, but this is a good football team that's coming into your house, and it was an unexpected tough game. This is a, okay, we know the Eagles are good. They're going to be good regardless whether they win or lose. But you could start saying to yourself after this game, okay, they might be one of the best teams in the NFL. Which I, I think people are thinking already, but you got to show it on the field, right? You know, to me, how good are you? game is, I, I'll use an example, since they're the last undefeated team for the first time since 2004 for the franchise. They're, the, their game against Green Bay. Green Bay was coming in hot. They were coming off that. They were coming in the link for the first time since the 4th and 26 playoff loss. And you knew the Eagles were better than they blew him out of the water. Uh, it was 35 nothing at halftime. i right. not saying that this Eagles team could do that, but they could make a statement like they had the last three first halves.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm going to be paying so much attention to the quarterbacks, right, because, you know, Jalen Hurts is a guy that's really hard to plan for. And then a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he's starting to come into his own and – Let's not forget Trevor Lawrence is one of the most highly touted quarterback prospects since maybe Andrew Luck. So there's talent in there. Don't let Urban Meyer fool you that this young man has no talent. Oh, he has talent. And I believe he was named one of the AFC players of the week. Right. uh, uh, Something like that. So he's starting to hit his stride and Doug Peterson is starting to get the best out of the kid. And Jalen Hurts is. Starting to, hit his stride as a, starting to hit his stride as well, so I'm curious to know. You know, you know, before we get our guy uh, Clay Harbor on, uh, he hasn't gotten here yet, but we fully expect him to be here. Um, I'm curious to know what would be your game plan to limit Jalen Hurts if you're the Jags, and what would be your game plan to limit Trevor Lawrence if you're the Eagles.
2: So, Jacksonville's athletic enough where they could put a Josh Allen, a Devin Boyd. Um, I can never pronounce the guy's name. Uh, Fuke uh, Ousan, I think that's how they pronounce. it. I, uh, I, I, I. See, this is what happens when seven twenty in the morning. In the morning, I'm not thinking clearly. Olacon, So we'll get that out of the way. But they have athletic enough linebackers where you can put a spy on Jalen Hurts, just like Washington did last week. I'll, Washington put um, Davis on on the Hurts last week, and he did a pretty good job of that. You know, right. making sure, make sure to take away the run. So, what I think they're going to do, I think Jacksonville's going to kind of mimic that because it is a copycat league. But you also got to make sure you have the personnel to cover the, the receivers. So when, look, I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to get as much zone coverage this week. He might, but I'm curious to see how Jacksonville, I got to look up their numbers because I'm curious to see how much man or zone Jacksonville plays. I know it, it switches by the week, but if Jacksonville does go to man, the way Hertz has been reading defenses, it can be very dangerous. Now now for Lawrence, I think what you gotta do is you just gotta get to him, right? Because he still is a young quarterback. And last year, as he proven, and again, Urban Myers' system was so discombobulated, it shouldn't even matter at this point. made Daryl Bevel look, look like a terrible coach and a terrible offensive coach at that. But I think if you get to Trevor Lawrence, you get to him early, and look, he can he can beat you running out the pocket. But I think what you got to do is you have to force, make him make mistakes, which he hasn't done this year. And to do that, you got to get pressure on him. guy again to get him to get rid of the ball quicker than he wants to.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. At the end of the day, any quarterback, if you start to get hands and feet on him, that clock will start to speed up. And again, he's still a young quarterback. And I know the Jags haven't allowed a sack. That offensive line is still starting to take shape and starting to take form. And I think, again, we're going to really find out how good This Eagles team is. We've seen them beat a variance of opponents, right? The Minnesota Vikings, a team that you know people thought were better than what they actually are because they beat the Packers in week one. Me, I didn't think that was a big deal because the Packers lose week one religiously. (laughs) So uh I didn't I didn't think that was a big deal, but nonetheless, they you see this Eagles team winning in different ways, and you see the team stepping up in different ways. Uh, week one, you know, uh you saw Jalen Hurts. You know, manipulating, uh, manipulating the pocket and moving around and making things happen. That wasn't really a clean game for defense for the most part. And then week two, defense uh, cleans it up and they force th- they force three turnovers, uh, three interceptions. Um, and then week three, you had the defensive line coming alive, forcing you know nine a uh, nine sacks and a forced fumble, uh, two forced fumbles and uh, one, one fumble recovery. So you're seeing this defense starting to take shape as well. You're seeing the offense starting to. You know, formulate their identity, and you start. You're starting to see the confidence building on his team, and I think that's really that's really going to be the, the the great equalizer, right? Which team's going to be more confident in what they're able to accomplish? But you know, let's you know, let's get into our first break. Our guy Clay Harbor hasn't gotten here yet, but Jeff, you know, final point before we go to our uh, go to a break.
2: I, I mean, just overall with this team, I, I I just feel like the Eagles got to get off to a fast start again. I, I know everybody worries about the second half. I'm not going to worry about the second half. They're up 24 0 at halftime again. But I, I, I will say this: I do think this is going to be a closer game. They're they're going to have to generate some offense in the second half this week.
3: And re- really quickly, before you know, before we hit this break, if the Eagles dominate this game again, what does that say about them? Like, I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, you got to get tested. Every game is not going to be a blowout. But if they're just that good, instead of the other team being that bad, you know, what does that mean for this? You know, for this team's prospects going forward?
2: Super Bowl is that is that fair <laughs> you said it not me <laughs> I, I mean I, I'm not Rick Saratella here I ain't gonna look I, I you know I'm not just gonna say it but I I mean when you look at the the state of the NFC and look there are in my mind there are better teams in that but when you look at the roster as a whole if I'm just breaking down the league they're top three it's a top three roster it is
3: hey i like i like the way that sounds man but you know you guys we appreciate you so much for liking on the content make sure you guys continue to smash that like button remember the like button is currency on youtube the like button is fuel it fuels the algorithms it helps more people find the uh, find the live chat you know find the videos find jacob sports make sure you guys continue to comment and remain engaged we appreciate all your uh all all your thoughts and all your takes make sure you guys are subscribed to the jacob sports youtube channel and if you want more from our writers such as john McMullen or Joe liquido or paul Domowich, the hall of fame voter make sure you guys go on jacobsports.com that's j-a-k-i-b sports.com but we'll be back hopefully we get our guy clay harbor here in a bit we're going to take our first break keep it locked you guys you guys are locked in on good morning nfc east
1: at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you with over 250 years of combined courtroom experience We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
0: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
1: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
0: Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com.
2: right tone. Man, I, I love that view. Uh, You know, it just feels like i going to fall Friday here. I got my Penn State Nittany Lions tomorrow. Hoping to get up to Northwestern. Uh, I'm not normal. They play Northwestern, but I'm hoping to get up to State College tomorrow. I know with the remnants of Ian coming in. And you touched on this earlier, Tone, and I kind of wanted to I, I guess bring it up again. I, I, what are we, going to get the remnants of Ian on Sunday? I know it's supposed to rain, but I guess it is from the remnants, isn't it?
3: Yeah, you know, I was looking at the um, you know, you know the weather and everything and I we definitely are going to get some rain this weekend. You know, it's just it's unfortunate, you know, this that hurricane in general, man, Florida's going through it and Puerto Rico is going through it as well. You know, I really feel for Puerto Rico because, you know, they they barely recovered from the first hurricane they dealt with um I think a couple years back or something like that. And you know, you know I know people over there, family friends over there, and you know, they're they're safe from you know from what I you know from what I know so but you know again you don't you don't wish that kind of you know, that's, you don't wish that kind of stuff on anybody. And it gets so dangerous because when the water rises, you know, animals and power lines and you don't know, you don't know. You don't know what's in that water. You know what I mean? And you always have the knuckleheads who are just going swan diving, you know, into the into the damn flood. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate about the hurricane. And, you know, there's a chance that this may have like you like you said, it may have some influence on you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars and this game in general.
2: Yeah, and Jacksonville, so I guess it, Doug Pearson was asked about, you know, the hurricane this week and how it affected plans. It didn't really affect them to the extent it affected Tampa Bay. I mean, Miami was pretty much gone at that point. They were already on Cincinnati, but it was a fair question, you know, how's that going to alter their preparation for the week? And Doug's like, well, you know, we, we have to wait and see because, you know, they didn't know which way the hurricane was going. I went to Daytona, it went to Orlando. It looks like it hit Orlando first, I'm trying to pay attention to it, but I guess Jacksonville just kind of got, like, when it was, became a tropical storm or a little bit past the tropical storm because I think it evolved back into a hurricane after it kind of hit whatever parts of Jacksonville it did. But, yeah, I, I got buddies down in um, – I actually got a close friend down in um, that Fort Lauderdale uh, – not Fort Lauderdale, um, sorry, Clearwater, uh, Tampa area. And he was showing me some pictures. I, I, it's scary stuff. Like like they were fortunate; everybody was okay. House got a little bit damaged, but it, it, it from his description, it could have been a lot worse. It it, it was scary seeing those pics. I even sending to me on the phone.
3: Yeah, man. Again, I can't even imagine going through that. You know, being in you know being in Philly. You know where I'm from, we don't really get the craziest Whether you know the most we'll probably get is a is a crazy snowstorm, right? Um, but you know, I, I, I pray for those people. I pray for uh, anybody who may, who may have lost people uh, in that you know uh, in, in that storm and that hurricane, and you just hope for the best, and you just hope that people can somewhat salvage um the things they have lost. Uh, but you know, final thoughts on this Eagles Jags game. What's your score prediction? Have you have you come up with one yet? You know what? You know how do you think this thing is going to turn out?
2: I usually save it for Gil because Gil always tries to get it out of me and I don't like to do I don't like to do this stuff. He knows it, but he doesn't do it anyway. I think the Eagles do win. I okay. think they are I think they are a better team. I'm gonna say that a lot this year. I think they are a better team. I usually don't say that that, that often in the last couple of years, but I, I, I think they win a close one. I think it's gonna be like a 27-23 type game.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think it's gonna be really close. Um if the weather, you know. Plays a huge factor. I think this game won't be as high scoring as as it has been for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, or maybe they may not score at, at as high of a clip. But uh, if I really had to put a number out there, I say Eagles win. I say Eagles win 17 <sighs> You know, it's it's it's. it's I think I think it's going to be a little ugly to start, and then teams are going to start to adjust to the conditions. You know, uh, Doug had those boys practicing in the rain uh, earlier this week, and you know, Nick had the guys practicing in the rain last week, you know, in preparation for that Washington game. So, you know, I'm starting to see culture starting to take shape with both of these organizations and both organizations, I guess you could say, have landed on their feet, you know, with their, you know, with their coaching hires.
2: Oh, I think so. Uh, you know, and Nick and I like, I was one of the few people who actually knew who he was just because he was the co coordinator. I remember writing a couple stories off him. But when the Eagles interviewed him, I'm like, Nick is a very high coaching job? I'm like, kind of interesting. Uh, but then the Eagles liked him. I'm like, well, this is probably going to be their guy because this is just what the Eagles do. They always have the unsexy coaching hire, whether it's Andy, <laughs> Andy Reid or whether it's Doug Peterson. It's like, wait, what? And, and then you have the sexy hire and it backfires on you completely like chip kelly um i did want to add on to this point though with the with the hurricane with i don't think people can drive in the rain tone I, I i don't think people can drive in the sun <laughs> I, I am not feeling being on Patterson avenue and turning on to 11th street going in the parking lot because where people don't know what the heck they're doing to begin with at eight nine a.m. I made to get there at seven and just send the guard so I can avoid all this.
3: <laughs> yeah man um in Philly people people drive how they want to drive and you know I've been blessed to not have been in any sort of you know since I became a driver right I haven't I've been blessed to not have to experience an accident so that's that's a blessing but you know you got people who are relentless drivers and relentless mergers and don't use their turn singles that's probably the thing that kills me the most just use your turn signal it's a simple switch a simple switch you know what i'm saying but you know i think this is going to be a really fascinating game jeff and i'm really looking forward to it let's turn the page towards the rest of the nfc east let's discuss this upcoming matchup an important matchup if you ask me between the dallas cowboys and the washington commanders now the Washington Commanders, they're one and two coming off of a very bad loss to Philadelphia Eagles. The Dallas Cowboys are two and one coming off of a very, very uh, good victory against the New York Giants. Now, I mean, they are the New York Giants, and I never really had faith in that two and zero record anyway. But again, Dallas Cowboys coming off a win, Commanders coming off of a loss. Dallas Cowboys lead the league in sacks, Washington Commanders lead the league in sacks, giving up. How do you think this game turns out?
2: You know what, Tone, just by the way Washington played last week and really the way they played the last two weeks, right. it's honestly kind of amazing they beat Jacksonville, knowing how Jacksonville's turned out, but I think Washington's biggest thing is they haven't been able to get any takeaways. Um, them the Chargers are the only two teams in the league to not have takeaways the last two weeks, and... Washington just can't seem to beat any NFC East team. You know how Dallas doesn't lose against NFC East teams? Well, Washington can't beat them. I think it's like, I don't think they won one. I want to say in their last five. I I, I think that's it, their, their last five games. And Dallas is obviously 7-0 in their last seven games against NFC East teams. So, advantage Cowboys there. Here's a stat for you. Did you know Carson Wentz against the Cowboys has 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions?
3: I'm sorry, so there were time 14 touchdowns and how many interceptions? Four. So he plays pretty well against them. Is that yeah, what you're saying? It,
2: which is weird. I, honestly, I think his best game as an Eagle, one of them came in 2019 when remember when he had JJR take a whiteside and um Greg oh. Ward and those guys? Like it, it's amazing how far the Eagles have come in receivers over the last three years. But he beat them. Yeah. I thought that was his signature win as an Eagles quarterback.
3: Hmm. You know. I think Carson Wentz is in a situation where he has to bounce back from last week. You know, he was embarrassed last week. Let's just call it what it is. He was embarrassed. His former team took it to him and it seemed like the Eagles were, you know, were flying with a vengeance, right? It seemed like they were trying to, you know, it seemed like they were trying to be vindicated. And you know, let's be let's be honest, statistically, Carson Wentz is having a pretty decent season statistically. 861 passing yards, 7 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. He's completing about 64-63% of his passes, I think, if I'm not mistaken, something around that number. Um, I could I could be a little high, I don't know, but maybe you guys, maybe the chat can correct me on that. But um, Carson Wentz is a guy who has talent. And then you have a guy in Cooper Rush who isn't the most talented, but he's managing these games. He's not hurting the team, he's not turning the ball over, he's making the plays and he's allowing the game to come to him. And the Cowboys, what they've been doing is, is they've been allowing the defense to drive their offense so you know how do you think this game what do you think is going to be the game plan for the Washington Commanders coming into this matchup they're on the road by the way so again they have I I think they have to save their season with this game they have to get back to 500 because the Cowboys go three and one they're one and three they're two games behind the eight ball it's not going to be a good look Eagles are already in pole position right now you know like, like, can the like can the commanders you know bounce back? Like, it's what's their what's their game plan for this?
2: I mean, they have to run the ball, which is something they I, I, again. I'm I'm harping run the ball, but the, it, as you notice, the theme bad teams don't know how to run the football. Um, you know, Dallas does; they're a good team. Uh but Washington's got to do this. Like Antonio Gibson, I don't think he's a bad football player, but Washington's offensive line just does not free up the A and B gaps for him. So there's nowhere to run, and it's not so, like
3: you- so so how do really quick start to interrupt Jeff? But how do a, a team a team that's struggling to run? How do you manufacture lanes for a guy like Antonio Gibson because he's talented? And you said they're struggling with the A and B gaps. How did how do they manufacture space or gaps for you know their running game even though their offensive line may be banged up?
2: You got to be more creative in your blocking, right? So you know, if you got to pull your guard, you got to pull your guard. Now I, I, again, you don't have Chase Roulier around. You're not going to have him the rest of the year. You're basically on your third string center. It is tougher because you got some, you know, you put in West Schweitzer to command your offense, which he's done before, but he's not really a center anymore. So you got to deal with that. And your tackles aren't, aren't getting, aren't helping at all. Like so. And Sam Cosme are much better than what they showed last week against the Eagles, especially Cosme. Like, I'm not saying he's good, but I'm not saying he's bad either. You know, It, it just feels like a whole discombobulated unit that doesn't have a lot of depth right now. So, but again, this is where, this is the only issue with Antonio Gibson, Tony. He is not Saquon Barkley. He is not Joe Mixon. He is not even Miles Sanders. Like, everybody likes to get on Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders can create yards for himself. I don't think Antonio Gibson's that type of guy. I think he's a guy, if he gets the hole, he sees it and he's going to get his yards. Like, if he ran, if he if Antonio Gibson was on the Eagles, he'd be a, And look, he was a dousy yard rusher in Washington. Can you imagine him on the Eagles? Think about that.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I like I like Antonio Gibson, right? But, you know, since we're on the running backs, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, they've been splitting carries, him and Tony Pollard, and, you know, you mentioned they're, they're a fairly decent run team. Um, But, you know, I still have my concerns about Ezekiel Elliott's, you know, wear and tear. He just doesn't have that same burst like he used to. But having that one-two punch of Pollard kind of supplements that. So, um, do you think the Cowboys can... Because this would be I'll, be, I'll be honest, it'll be impressive if they'll be able to get three wins, you know, without Dak. And so I'm curious to know what's your evaluation of Cooper Rush right now and how should the Cowboys approach this with Dak trending towards being healthy maybe in the next few weeks or so?
2: I didn't want to interrupt you here, but since you mentioned Pollard, you know Dallas is 12-0 when and and Pollard has 60 rushing yards? 60? Yep, that's the number. Wow. So I guess you got to give 60, right? <laughs> so if, if they
3: so 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 if they stop the run the the, the commanders ever have a, have, a, have a puncher's chance
2: yeah they do and look they, they stopped the run last week i didn't expect that to, them to do that against the eagles there was a stat i think i put out on the show last week through two weeks the commanders allowed 7.5 yards per carry that's the most by any team through two weeks since 1951 so think about that that's hard to do Allow 7.5 yards per carry. The law of averages was bound to catch up. I didn't think it was going to happen last week, but it did. And I think that's why the Eagles weren't able to do anything in second hand because Washington was stopping the So I think that's what Washington's got to do. I think they have to go with that game plan last week, have Jermaine Davis kind of be that guy. Like, I thought he had a good game last week for that. And Washington really seems to like how he's progressing. And Cole Holcomb, uh, their other uh, much scrutinized linebacker, He's another one, but he's making plays. He's making the tackles he needs to make. That's what they have to do. They have to make these tackles. You're going to get a heavy dose of Zeke. You're going to get a heavy dose of Pollard. You can't let Pollard beat you on these big runs. So I think you have to force Cooper Rush to throw this football 40, 45 times a game, which we haven't seen him done yet. But you have to treat Cooper Rush right now, like he's a franchise quarterback because he's won two games. He hasn't won a start yet. Like I could see Washington win this game. I can, if they could stop the run. And force Cooper Rush to be out of his element a bit. Jerry Jones likes to hype up this guy, which is fine. I think he has every right to go after what we saw the last two weeks. But now, if Washington can stop the run and force this guy out of the pocket, force this guy to force the football, T.D. Lamb to Noah Brown to Dalton Schultz if he plays 40 plus times a game, can he do it like does? I'm going to say no.
3: Yeah, you know, and, you know, with Dak, you know, being, you know, coming back soon, I guess, rather sooner rather than later, according to Jerry Jones, you know, it begs the question, like, do you pull Cooper Rush uh, if Dak is healthy? You know, not in game, but, you know, do you like at what point do you decide to bring Dak Prescott back if Cooper Rush is still managing to get these wins? You know what I mean? And I'm not I'm no what, and no shape, way or form am I saying Cooper Rush is better than Dak? That's not what I'm saying at all. I don't want to. I don't want anybody to get confused with that. But if you can get Dak as healthy as possible, why not do that? Especially if you have a guy who's able to manage the games. I think it's going to take, like you said, it's going to take that one game where you have to force Cooper Rush to really throw that ball, and then the then the Cowboys are going to be brought down to earth. But I, again, I give respect where respect is due. They've lasted this long, so um, Dak Prescott. How do you think they treat that going forward? Do you think he comes back next week, the following week? Uh, how do you, how do you think this thing plays out? Is it you know are they playing it by you know playing it by game, by win, by loss? How how do you think it turns out?
2: Well, they know this Eagles game is big. I think that's when they want to back fly. and I think they want him to play against the Rams because they know that's a big game. Remember, the Eagles can create a lot of separation in this division early. So think about this for a second. You got the Rams coming up. He hasn't thrown yet. I think he has to throw next week and get comfortable in that if he's going to play that Rams game. So I think they're pumping the brakes on that. I do expect them to play against the Eagles because I think they're, they're a desperate team and desperate times call for desperate measures. And if they would lose any of those games and any of the next two and the Eagles win one of the next two, well, guess what? The Eagles are going to be up two games on potentially three after six, after week six. Are you really going to go with Cooper rush for that, for that big game in week six for them? It's a big game. If I'm smart, yeah. Playing the long-term game tone. Week seven against the Lions would be the best time for him to come back. Because you got the Lions and the Bears. Lions, Lions, Bears, oh my, <laughs> So um, I, I those
3: think would be when, the perfect tune-up games, right? Those would be the perfect yeah. tune-up
2: games. Yeah, so I, I think that's when I would bring him back being long term, but we know how the Dallas Cowboys operate. I think I like, by week five, week week six against the Eagles, although I, I I'm fully expecting him to play that game.
3: Yeah, and they, like you said, we had we know exactly what the Cowboys are and how they do business, and you know if they're not relevant, Jerry Jones is going to find every loophole he can to to keep his team in you know in the news. So you know you know let's hit our final break for the show, uh, Jeff. You know let's recoup, let's you know, re, you know uh, regather our bearings. Um, I have a, a couple more topics I want to broach through as well, especially that New York Giants um, Bears game. Again, this is Good Morning NFC East, and you guys know we're going to cover. Every facet of the NFC East, your Eagles, your wretched Cowboys, your terrible Giants, your Commanders. We're going to cover every basis of this division. So, Jeff, any final thoughts before we get, uh, go into our final break of the show?
2: I mean, before we consider the Giants terrible, I mean, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt right now. They are 2-1 and, and they be 3-1 <laughs> after this week. Just remember, they're playing a terrible Bears team, too. So, we got to call them terrible. We'll call Spay a toad.
3: Hey, that's true, but not all not all records are created equal, right, Jeff? <laughs> they
2: are not. I will say
3: that. Oh man! But you guys are locked in on Good Morning NFC East with Jeff Kerr. I'm your humble host, Tone. This is just a second. Make sure you guys keep it locked. Smash that like button. Subscribe to Jacob Sports, and we we'll, right, we'll be right back right after this.
0: Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
2: him a little bit later today uh, see if I can get him on next week uh, you know maybe maybe even Tuesday to break break down this game but I had to uh I didn't do it I'm never that guy who I always think before I press send I had some moron on Twitter today because <laughs> yeah, busy night last night right busy busy night.
3: Jeff you gotta stay out of the comments man you gotta stay out of there it's a it's a cesspool
2: yeah, well, this is Twitter. I, I ain't talking about my guys on YouTube. I, I love you guys. I don't care what you guys say on YouTube. I, I I love you guys. Twitter, I don't get any value on Twitter here. So, some guy said if I actually watched the football game last night on Amazon Prime, the post-game show, I would know that Tony Gonzalez was kidding about Dallas Goddard saying he's the best tight end in the league, or him saying Dallas Goddard's the best tight end in the league. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, sometimes people are better off just shutting up. <laughs> I, I don't get it, man. Like, I don't get. Like, dude, I'm doing like five things at once. Listen to the post game show. Listen to McDaniel. Listen to Taylor. I am one of those guys. I forget more about football than people know. I heard what I heard. So, again, it's interpretation, right? Like, so what
3: exactly? So what exactly did he say, Jeff? You know, because you know, because you know, because I love when you get fired up.
2: Yeah, so basically Whitworth, and, uh, again, I'd have to rewatch it, right? But right. Whitworth and um, Tony Gonzalez were talking about tight ends, right? I, something happened about Kittle, and Whitworth's like, but Dallas Goddard's the best in tight end in the league, right, Tony? And he's like, yeah. And so, you know, it's uh, – again, it's like when I tweeted the Mike McDaniel comments last night. People turn nothing into anything or anything into nothing. Right. I, I forget how they turn. It's like people hear what they want to hear. And that's it. And they think their word is God. And it drives me insane. Like, yeah. dude, just listen for once. It, it's like Malcolm Jenkins said years ago. You are listening.
3: Yeah, man. You know, you, you have to curb your expectations when, you know, when you get into the Twitter Um That's
2: why I don't we, comment. I, yeah, that's why I, you I, have I only to, waste my time.
3: Yeah, you got you, you to gotta understand that that's not a forum. That's not a forum for long form, nuanced, contextual conversation. So, you know, you're not always going to get that on Twitter. Every now and again, you may have a, re- a refreshing back and forth with someone. It's like, ah, you get it. We may disagree, but you get it. So, you know that's kind of what you have to really you know look forward to. We got a few minutes left in the show, really quickly. You know, how, what's your thoughts on this Giants Bears game? I know it's not really one of the more entertaining matchups, but you know, again, the 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 Giants have a chance to keep themselves in the NFC East race. So, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on this matchup and how it turns out? Uh,
2: it's gonna be ugly. There's gonna be a lot of running in the football. I will say that. Um, I actually think the Bears rush offense is better with Khalil Herbert. But here's the thing, Tim. Don't you think it's terrible the whole Justin Fields Darnell Mooney situation?
3: Well, what exactly is the situation? If um, for people who don't know,
2: well, you and I might have been able to throw more passes this year than the Chicago Bears. They've only thrown forty-five. That is, cool. is
3: that is pitiful, by the way. That's pitiful. That yeah. tells me you don't trust that young man.
2: Yeah, that's what's telling me too, right? Uh, you you have Luke Getzi in there as office coordinator, calling the plays. So, do they not trust him? Is he not any good? This is what I want to know. Like, and it's hurting a guy who I think is a pretty good receiver in Darnell Mooney. I'm telling you what, Tone, if I'm an offensive player, I am not playing for the Chicago Bears unless I'm a running back. I, 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 before, I, before I let you go in here, I will say this too. I think their offensive line has been a lot better than I thought, at least running the football.
3: Yeah, you know, I guess I look at it like this. A guy in Justin Fields who who was really highly touted coming into the league, but he's an Ohio State quarterback. And unfortunately, Ohio State quarterbacks don't really bode well in the NFL. I wish, you know, I pray for his success. I want him to be successful. I want the Bears to be competitive again. But they're not really helping their case by, by one, hiding this guy, not, not allowing him to throw the ball, and you're not making yourself an attractive free agent destination. No one wants to no one wants to play for the Chicago Bears anymore. So there's no way you're gonna be able to there's no way you're gonna be able to get out of this this purgatory that, that the organization is in.
2: Yeah, uh, that's the issue with the Bears, right? I, I feel like this has been Did you know this, Tone? I I, I you know I'm a big stack guy. Did you know the Bears are the only franchise that never have a four thousand yard passer nor a thirty touchdown passer?
3: that's that's, that's disgraceful.
2: Like in today's NFL, like even the Eagles got a four thousand yard passer
3: now, right? And we don't have many of them, but we, we at least, at least, at least, at least we got it at, at the very least, right? I think Carson Wentz still holds the record for most passing yards in the season for philadelphia's Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, which is ironic. Um, but you know, I just you know, I'm I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to this football weekend, Jeff. I think this is going to be really exciting. Um, you know, some matchups. You know, some matchups that I'm looking forward to. I'm 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 really really looking forward to the uh, the Minnesota New Orleans game. I think that game is going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to the Buffalo Baltimore game. That's going to be really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to the Tampa Bay Kansas City game. That's going to be really cool as well. Any matchups you're looking forward to um, before we get out of here?
2: Well, obviously uh, Buffalo Baltimore. Uh, normally I would be going to that, but I'm going Eagles Jaguars. Obviously, I kind of want to see Doug. Um, so I'll be covering that game on Sunday. So you'll, you'll get a full recap from me on that on cbssports.com. Uh, but, yeah, Buffalo Baltimore is probably going to be the game I watch when I get home, um, probably after Tampa Kansas City. I, I'm, I'm a big Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid guy. And you guys know that by now. So I'll be watching Chiefs. So I'll be looking to see if they bounce back. Um, pretty much the same games you are, Tone. Uh, who does Green Bay play this week? I, I forget. Uh,
3: Green Bay, they play the New England Patriots.
2: Yeah, okay. So I'll probably watch a little bit of that. But I'll be honest, without – the Patriots are bad already offensively. Without Mac Jones, that game could be ugly.
3: Yeah, it's going to be tough. And and remember, Green Bay still hasn't really hit their stride on offense. So, um, you know, we'll see how that thing turns out. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Jeff?
2: Uh, you know what? I, I just think that the Eagles and Cowboys are going to create some separation in this division this weekend. I do think this beats Washington. I think Washington's got a chance, but I just think Dallas is rolling right now. I, I look at the Giants versus the Bears and it won't surprise me. But even if they are three and one, it's like we said. You know, your rec yeah, your record is what I forget the old saying already. um You are what your record says you are. And look, three and one, three and one, but. Are they really better than the Eagles and Cowboys? I, I, I just think the Eagles and Cowboys are going to gain some separation on
3: this schedule this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, not Like I said, not all records are created equal. But, you know, you guys, you have been locked in on Good Morning NFC East. We appreciate you guys so much for locking in on the content. Continue to smash that like button. Continue to stay engaged. We appreciate all the people who woke up early. We know it's not easy. We know you guys are still getting used to this, this new slot. Uh, with Jacob Sports, you know, having that 7 a.m. slot, we really appreciate all the love and support you guys have provided to the channel as well. Continue to smash that like button, stay engaged in the content. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel. Also check out um, our articles on Sports.com. There you can get um, all, all, all of your writing from uh, John McMullen, Paul Domowitz, Joseph Liquido. Make sure you guys are liking on the content. He's Jeff Kerr. I'm Tony the show's the second. You guys were liking on Good Morning NFC East. Take care, you guys, and enjoy the rest of your morning. The Birds 365 guys are next.
1: We're coming.